This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Scotty. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh, I don't know which one to go with. I'm going to go with this one. It's crazier. Okay, crazy um, good. Maybe less funny. Here it is. Mm-hmm. U.S. nuke reactor lab hit by furry hackers demanding cat-human mutants. Boy, I didn't understand any of it, which is always a good sign, because then we can dig in, in. sink our claws into yes. a new episode of The Bananas Podcast. Gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was, because we enjoy recording it. Kurt, will this come out in time to talk about Pittsburgh and Philly, or are we already there? Philly and Pittsburgh, as you know, uh, we're doing a show there, a show Philly, show in Pittsburgh, December 9th, December 10th. I'm doing stand-up in Philly December 8th, but we will be doing the same show for Philly and Pittsburgh, and only releasing yes. one. And we will be releasing the episode that has the better audience. Correct. The gauntlet has been dropped. The louder, yeah. Philly versus Pittsburgh, historically one of the biggest rivalries in the history of the universe. Whoever is louder, whoever is rowdier, whoever is more bananas, we're releasing that one on the main feed. It really is going to be interesting, because I'm not positive. A Philly, I mean, Philly's rowdy and Pittsburgh's rowdy. They're both rowdy. I'm scared of what we're inviting, but I'm excited as well. Me too. Are you ready to get our guest in here, Scotty? I'm a huge fan. I'm very, very grateful she's on Bananas today. Oh, our guest today is a wonderful improviser and comedian. You've seen her on uh, History of the World Part 2 and Jury Duty. Please put your hands (laughs) together for the wonderful, the hilarious Lisa Gilroy. Hello. Banana Brothers. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Honestly, fantastic. Pretty good. You guys know Bananas in Pajamas? Yes. Yes. We (laughs) should do that one year. We should come out on stage Mm -hmm. as that. We do know. Was that big in Canada? Huge in Canada. Is it a Canadian show? I think it's uh, UK. British, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. The Commonwealth. We share our Queen Mother, of course. Uh, (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But at least uh, I'm begging you guys at least a, a joint Halloween costume, a couple's costume to really tickle the masses. Yeah, easy. I think we should. It's actually shocking we haven't done. It's this weird already. that we haven't like led because we do this thing splitting the city where we all it's everybody dresses as a banana and we do a downhill one k marathon. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and it is surprising that we have not done it as them yet. So. It's shocking. It's almost rude. It is rude. It I is. think it is rude. It's giving the bird to the to our northern cousins, and we apologize. <laughs> we apologize. So the strike summer ended for you. Did you find yourself getting back to work, or has it just been absolutely yet not, another Scotty? Weird, yeah, weird year. <laughs> I was talking to a person today, and they were like, "It's like it hasn't ended." I'm like, "Yes, feels that way. It, it really <laughs> does feel that way." Well, you guys know that. I mean, the podcast and the live shows are are definitely can keep you busy. If you really mm-hmm. say yes to all of those, it can snowball into what feels like a eighty hour work week that pays <laughs> no money. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's showbiz. So <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. How many favors can you do, and then one pays you once? It's true. <laughs> but it's so fun, though. We're lucky that we get to we get to you know goof around together. Yeah. So i I reached out to Lisa's agent, I think, about a year and a half ago because I had seen a couple of videos you had posted on Instagram where you were doing character comedy, and I thought they were so funny. And I was like, wait, I need to meet this person. And Which so, is crazy because before the call even started, you were like talking, talking, talking about how you were at CAA and you kept saying, oh, I'm at CAA, whatever. Mm-hmm. So then when you wanted to meet with me, it must have felt a little bit like the the Capulets and the Montagues. And your, your people were probably like, no, she's trash. Don't talk to her. We're CAA. Right. But you made it happen <laughs> anyways, right. which was very noble. I did. I did. And <laughs> you did a good job of bringing me right back down into the grime. <laughs> Because your uh, rep or their assistant was like, well, Lisa's going to the Groundlings, so you can meet her near there. And I was like, that's fine. And then they were like, well, why don't you go to the coffee attic? And I'm like, cool. Never Oh, you're going to name be- it. I forgot the name of it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, cool. I've never heard of it. This must be where the, the really <laughs> cool comedy people hang out. Now, how would you describe the comedy attic? <laughs> I had never been there either, but the day you and I met, it felt something akin to a haunted garage sale. And there was boxes <laughs> everywhere. There was not a customer in sight. We squatted our poor little asses down on like some plywood in the corner. It was yeah. it was abysmal. There were no chairs. No. There were it's a very small coffee shop. The coffee was fine. The coffee wasn't terrible, but then we were surrounded by giant brown boxes full of, I guess, cups and stirrers and stuff. What? And then we just sat on a padless bench in the corner, <laughs> just just getting to know each other. I, really think it's, in. I think it's brave that you think those boxes were boxes of like straws and spoons and forks because yeah. we don't know what was in those. And there was people like loading them into the bed. There was hundreds of boxes being loaded into this place. We have no idea what this place was. Was, front was the coffee attic just opening? Was it just getting started? Was, is that what was happening? Well, listen, was Kurt, if it was just it? getting started, we've absolutely smushed it now <laughs> yes nobody go there maybe import and maybe it's import export i mean it did smell like reptiles in there maybe those boxes were full of snakes and mm-hmm. turtles we, we'll never know snakes but we, we stayed longer than probably any two customers in the history of the comedy attic have ever remained is it the comedy attic or the coffee attic i mean coffee excuse yeah, okay. me Not, well it was comedy when we were there we were All laughing right. a lot yeah we yeah. really brought the, the the chuckles but as i recall also scotty i feel like you had some sort of like mega blaster ultimate doinking coffee that was like 42 liters of <laughs> Something that it ended up coming to you way bigger than you thought, or you ordered yes. like a the big gulp of coffees. Yeah, I just wanted a cold brew, and they said they had two sizes, and so I said I'll take the bigger one. And thirty-two ounces later, I was soaring around Crazy. the sky, just looking down at and Melrose, so happily. That's why you guys stayed longer than anyone. It was just like, well, I got more stuff to tell. <laughs> yeah, you. yeah, we were brimming with ideas. It was a treat. I it was, was. I was just watching. Um, you're seen from jury duty on the oh, yeah. stand and it is i it's so funny and it's so well delivered how yeah. was it is it completely improvised or was it lines that you were like just making seem completely improvised like tell us about it oh thank you i had the most fun doing that show ever um Amazing. I, it was all improv. It was except for like, you know, wow. I had to, I had a Zoom meeting with them before where I had to be like caught up to speed on what was happening in the trial because I didn't know. So I had uh-huh. to know what my name was and what my affiliation was to the plaintiff. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to say that word. It makes me feel like a gorgeous lawyer with a hundred years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to get the, like, the details of what was going on in the case and I n- had to know what my job was and all of that. But once I had that, then it was just, I mean, I was up there, I was on that stand for like three hours getting cross-examined Wow! and it, it cut wow. down to that little clip. So it oh was my. all improv, but it was like the best of, you know, the day. Yeah. 
Oh, well, it was, I was, it was amazingly wonderful and super specific and great. It's like the best improv ever, ever, ever is. Oh, it was so fun. And they, they told me, like, they were like, keep it, you know, keep it grounded because obviously we don't want to like blow the right. cover. And you're I. trying to push it a little bit. Yes, to it's, just it's, make it's, it you so guys hard. know it's like, it's like addictive. Like yes. I, I went in with the idea that I was just going to be as normal as I possibly could. But the second I was up there and you're like drunk with power because I'm like, no adult is going to come in and stop me. Otherwise it right. would ruin the whole thing. So yeah. I could really do whatever I want up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Fire me? Well, <laughs> and for anybody who hasn't seen Jury Duty, it almost single-handedly saved uh, non-scripted comedy. Like for there real. was a time where Comedy Central and MTV and all these networks would make kind of reality shows that were comedy-based, or at least like pranky shows, and then they all went away. And then Jury Duty was such a hit, and Lisa's on episode three. Um, that all of a sudden everybody was like, do you have a jury duty? Like, what's your jury duty? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this show saved that kind Be- of comedy. Because also it's, it's, it's uh, on paper, it doesn't really sing. On paper, it doesn't sing. But when you watch it, it is so well done. And yes. that the guy who they're, they're, you know, is not Ronald. the actor yeah. is so good. There, like there's a joke in there that I couldn't imagine how they even came up with, which was when one of the one of the jurors dies, but he hasn't spoken, and all he said he walked past it once and said, "I'm going to go jerk off in the bathroom." I think, <laughs> and then everyone else after he's dead, everyone else has these beautiful memories of him, and the guy who's not the actor is feeling so left out. And I know he was such a good guy because he didn't say it either. Oh, uh, he was the best. Yeah, they really did cast Ronald was, Gladden was just incredible. Such like, congratulations on being part of yeah. such like a hit show in That's a great. weird year. My God, I've yeah, been no. obsessed with that. Those kind of shows. Like, you remember Joe Schmo show? Yeah, of course. They brought it back after Jury that. Duty. Yeah, is that new one out yet? I don't know. I saw a coming attraction for it, but I call it coming attractions. I do. Yeah. <laughs> We're under 100 years of age. <laughs> and totally and you liked, you didn't think jury duty was good on paper, which, as we know, you read the transcript before it came out just to really get a hold on it. Didn't love it. It's loved so to watch it. Fun. I highly recommend everybody, if you haven't seen it and you want to laugh and you're stuck around the house with your family for the holidays and you need a laugh, jury duty is so, so funny. So good. Watch it, um, watch it. But three hours of improv, my God. Yeah. Well, that's the best. That is because oh, you yeah? just get into a groove and it's like nothing can hurt you. I feel like when it's a long, extended, hours long improv situation, I love that situation. Well, and also well. I feel like it, it actually was to lend to the reality of yes. the court because it right. would be that long. So it's like, uh, I think part of their whole process was to like bore Ronald to death. There, we uh-huh. did bore him to death. <laughs> and then the, the show cuts together all the fun moments, but that man had to sit through a lot of boring shit. <laughs> well, do you want to hear about this insane um Yeah, I hack? didn't even understand the headline. So please. Yeah, tell me. Very. I had to, it's so confusing and seemingly so out there that I had to make sure, because I'd never heard of the website, I had to make sure that it was a legitimate website and not like uh-huh. a, a parody website. Right. Um, so this was in the register. Okay, seems um, real. It does seem real. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't actually seem real, especially no. like the, the way it's all set up, it looks. But I guess it's British, and I guess it's tech news, <laughs> and I had to look it up. That it was like very specific. It's like this is a, a between like like bias. They're like very good with their sources and everything. So wow, Kurt, you are trying true. so hard to convince us this is real. Yeah, it's fine if it's fake. Buddy. It's actually crazy. It's from uh, the Canadian Onion. <laughs> We've gotten to which is twice. called the yeah. Beaverton, by the way. <laughs> is it called the Beaverton? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and for the register, this was written by Brandon Vigliarolo. Oh, he's is, good often said to be the best in the biz. Correct. Uh, Here it is. U.S. nuke reactor lab hit by furry hackers demanding cat-human mutants. Okay. Uh, So self-described gay furry hackers of sieged sec are back, this time boasting they've broken into America's biggest nuclear power labs, computer systems, and stolen records on thousands of employees. Some of that data has already been leaked, it appeared. Siege sec, which also claimed to have breached NATO's IT security on two occasions this year, said it was now hit Idaho National Laboratory, which is run by the U.S. Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy. 
Uh, employee social security numbers, physical addresses, bank account data are among the information it's pinched. Um, the lab has at least acknowledged its HR system suffered a cyber attack. Then it's then it gets really boring for a very long time. Here it is. The self-styled furry hackers, meanwhile, mm-hmm. have offered to remove the staff records if the lab performs experiments that at best could be described as highly irregular. Quote, we're willing to make a deal with INL if they research creating... Uh, <laughs> In, in real life, cat girls, we will take down this post, the group said. Okay. The creation of real cat human female. I love that a real newspaper had to write this. The creation of real <laughs> cat human female hybrids is a frequently posted meme in certain corners of the internet. It's definitely not in the corners that I'm traveling to, not but yet. it's not the laboratory specialty. Um, according oh. to the hacktivist, the invaders gain access to hundreds of thousands of blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, that's the situation. It sounds like it's a group of 14-year-old boys, essentially. But they're good at what they do. Yeah. yeah. Dang, that's scary. The children are running the governments now. They know more about the internet <laughs> than we do. I'm afraid of them. I'm no afraid doubt. of teenagers. We As talk about it all be. the time. We're afraid of them, too. If I see teenagers coming down one side of the sidewalk, I cross the street and just keep on a walking. They're the only things I'm truly afraid of, teenagers and goats. <laughs> goats. It is true. You just like goats a lot. Can't Why are you scared? Is it the, the square pupils? Yeah, it's the weird It's the weird pupil. It's that their whole bodies are made out of rocks covered in burlap, and they eat everything. They just seem like you can't hurt them. It's very interesting that I find this out now, because you and I made an entire show mm-hmm. based on, uh, based on giving, giving goats, goats to, to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to do a shoot where we were at a goat farm, and I was surrounded by baby goats, and they were like all over me. And so yeah, I did they're... not know you were uncomfortable that entire time. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I've had some great experiences with goats. It's not all bad. I just, overall, if I was in a room with most animals, I'd be thrilled. And if I was in a room with a goat, I would think it was going to go sideways. Scotty, riddle me this. Do you believe that Satan is a goat or has anything to do with the goat population? Yeah, I think they walk uh, hand in hoof. (laughs) Okay, because a lot of people think that, right? Isn't goats like goats big imagery in the satanic yeah. realm yeah I think the jersey so, yeah. the jersey devil which is our local cryptid in new jersey mm-hmm. is uh, has a goat hooves and it's eight or like whatever 16 <sighs> feet tall wow That's so okay so scotty you're real. you're like god's little guy you don't want to have anything to do with the other side um <laughs> i i I do find myself watching goat videos where they clear weeds out of people's backyards over 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's a thrill ride for me. That's a big win. But I no, like I don't need to be, uh, I don't need to hang out with goats. Okay. That's understandable. So, cat girls, you guys want to fuck them or what? I don't know what even cat girls are. Are they, do they have human bodies and cat ears or are they cat bodies with human faces? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm <laughs> Cat, cat bodies with human faces is really funny. Yeah, that's good. That my thumbs yeah. up. Um, well, I saw Cats, you know, the musical, the movie, and I didn't want to sleep with anybody in that. So that's a pretty good indicator. When Curdy B and I were in New York, um, there was this guy, Brad Neely, who made a video about cat people and how hot the cats were. It's like an animated thing. And that song has stuck with me for a really long time. So maybe I'd hang one, out with cat people, but I'm not cats? trying to... No, no, no. Brad Neely, remember Cat oh, People Brad, run, yeah, yeah, yeah. run Like the Wind? Do you remember um, Brett Gelman did 1,000 Cats where he did a, in a musical where he did just name 1,000 cats? Really? Yes. And, like by yeah. breed or like their names? Like Jingles? No, whispers? their names. They all have yeah. different names. And he talks about, he like does a little song for each one. And then like oh, at I a certain that. point, like 500 through 600, like, we are the robot cats coming to destroy you. You know, like there's certain, you know, liberties given so you can get to 1,000 cats. But it's really... It's an opus, or at least it was back in 2005. Wow, I got to hear that. He um, did it a lot. He did it in L.A. a few times, too. But it was the first time I ever saw Brett perform it. It was 1,000 Cats. How long is the song? The, oh, I mean, it was a performance. It was an hour-long yeah. show. And yeah. the whole thing is one long song where he names 1,000 Cats. Yes. And then has a bre- mental breakdown towards the end of the show um, because it's his opus and it's not going well. It's, wow. it, was, it was pretty great. And now he's on every television show on TV. Yeah. So it worked out. It worked it out for him. 
So I have a story that this did remind me of, guys. Okay, cool. And I don't think I've ever told it here on Bananas. So I used to live with this guy in college, uh, mm-hmm. Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt was my roommate, and Matt yep. was a little secretive. He was a, he was like a punk. He he loved Screeching Weasel before they were problematic, and he just like kind of spent a lot of time on his room and his computer on his computer sure. in 1995. And, cool. and and but when you would get him talking after a couple drinks, he would okay. tell insane stories. <laughs> so he was from the area of DC, and in high school, uh, he broke into Bell Laboratories. So he was a like a hacker and uh, would do all this stuff and like break in and write programs and blah 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 blah. In 1995, I was no one. I didn't even know what that was. Hack the planet, right? But he he broke into Bell Laboratories in 1995 and they stole all this equipment because they wanted to get the access to the computers that they had to use Amazing. them to I don't know make more hacking and <laughs> okay. you got to make more hacking, man. And uh, and they stole one thing that he said that they had it and it was like a box, but it had two buttons on either side. And when you would press the buttons on the side, the box someone would in open. someone in the world would die somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But you would be granted but a million you didn't dollars. Know a one wish. It was just one I'd wish. It wasn't a million dollars. You could make it a million dollars, but it's just a single wish. Okay. <laughs> Um, but he, you, he said you would press t- a button on the side and the top would open and just kind of like this arm would come out and it just had three blinking lights on it and they didn't know what it was. No way. Yeah, they had no idea what it was, but they would just like get stoned and like press the button and it would like come out. Did, so, did they find out what it is? So yeah, because they get arrested. They all get, like him and his friend oh, get arrested. Shit. Okay. Um, and it was it was hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment that they took. And they were just dumb kids. They were like 15, 16 years old, breaking into Bell Labs in D.C. Sounds pretty smart to me. And so what it was, <laughs> and he's like, that machine was for, it was for submarines, for the government. No. Um, and it was a piece of a sonar system for the government that <laughs> was like and it was oh like my God. yeah and so he was like the fbi came to his house the mm-hmm. fbi like searched his entire house arrested him it was a federal crime he had like oh my it was God. a whole huge huge deal and then um and then he wrote some program an ftp program in college and then uh, the federal government bought it from him <laughs> And he See, made like happy ending. And he was making like twenty five thousand dollars a month in nineteen ninety five as a college student. And wow. so I don't and I don't know what happened to him. And I always look him up and I can't ever find I won't say his last name, but um Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Well, we have a huge FBI listenership. Huge. This yeah. is going to shock you guys, but I also have been convicted of stealing something from a computer lab. Ooh. What did you steal? Lisa? I, I, I listen. I, I have been known to be also kind of a cyber hacker because um, my elementary school, Kahiwan <laughs> Elementary School in Edmonton, Alberta, we had a Mac lab. Read it and weep, okay? The Rag. Mac, the Macintosh computers were sitting there for us to engage in and learn on. Well, well, well. Guess what I discovered? The headphones that we were each given at each of our stations had this gorgeous kind of, um, you know, black foam circles mm-hmm. okay. on each yeah. headphone. Yeah. Natural. And in like third grade, I was like, this would be a little chocolate cake for my Barbies. I know it. And I know it looked perfect and it's the perfect size for them and they would find it delicious. So I peeled it off the headphone and I took it home and I used my mom's hot glue gun, which I was not allowed to touch, to hot glue a little pink bead on top to be like a cherry. And then I served it to my Barbies. And then the next day in the computer lab, our teacher made a big announcement how like, Somebody vandalized something, something. And if we're going to keep doing that, we're not allowed to use the computer lab. And I never fucking came clean to those pigs. Yes. You didn't get caught. That's the difference between Lisa and Matt. Lisa doesn't get caught. Yeah. I make this look good. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah. So you you guys come to me if you. No, I I never had a guilty conscience. I'm kind of a goat girl in that sense. (laughs) Satan's daddy. And I I can tell lies and not feel any sort of way about it. Man, old computer labs. I try to think about what they actually taught us back then, and it is so hard to remember. But I guess at some point, none of us knew anything about, comp- like, even how to turn them on, like pushing a button. Yeah. So I, I guess they served a function. They they did. <laughs> they, do they still have computer labs they at must. colleges? 
No, the kids just all have their own computers. Yeah. Don't They're you think? in their hand now. I mean, there might, there's probably a library with some desktops on it, but everybody's got all these freaking kids with their robots glued to their fingers. Oculuses. <laughs> yeah. Walking around in virtual reality. Phones. God. Barf. Grow up. Yeah, using, give me subway, using submarine sonar as a flashlight. <laughs> Every oh I did I forgot to mention they all fucked it. Of course they did. They all did. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it had three lights for a reason. Uh, <laughs> also, when hackers were new, like when the movie hackers came out and stuff, I thought hackers were just going to make like ATM spit out cash. Yeah, I thought they were going to like free phone funny... calls at public at public pay phones. Exactly. I thought they were just going to be like the Robin Hoods of new society, and instead they just like hold your information hostage and ruin your life. It'd be better if they just did the opposite. Yeah. Um, this one's easy to understand. Lex Jones sent this in. Thank, Thank you, Lex you. Jones. Uh, this was written by George Ramsey for CNN.com. That seems like a real website, and he is definitely the best in the beeswax. Ultra Runner banned 12 months after using a car during the race. This makes sense. <laughs> this is smart. No. Um, she hacked the race. An ultra marathon runner has been banned 12 months after using a car during part of a 50-mile race. That's... UK Athletics, UKA announced. Uh, Josiah Zashevsky was competing in the Great Britain Ultras Manchester to Liverpool race in northwest England on April 7th when she accepted a ride in a friend's car and ended up placing third. I mean, results. That's crazy. Accepted a ride. So someone just pulled up and was like, hey, kid, get in. As if she didn't plan it. Yes. Right. In a letter submitted to the UKA's independent disciplinary panel, and what a lively bunch they must be. Probably a lot of fun. (laughs) The Scottish athlete said, I accept my actions on the day that I did travel in a car and later completed the run, crossing the finish line and inappropriately receiving a medal and a trophy, which I did not return immediately as I should have done. Did she ever return it? Um, I don't think she did. Saying not immediately is a very fu- if she it's never returned it is a very funny way to say I never gave it back. <laughs> That's right. The panel concluded that Zashevsky did not tell race marshals that she had been given a lift in a car and concealed that quote she had completed part of the race on a non-competitive basis and quote by accepting and subsequently not returning the third place trophy. I mean, I think she's holding on to this thing. Yeah, I think she did. So the panel ruled that she would be banned from competing in any events that fall under the UK athletics jurisdiction or representing Great Britain for 12 months. She has been banned also from coaching, officiating, or managing during the same period. The respondent was such an experienced athlete competing successfully at the highest level said. She also acted as a team manager for the international team. Awesome. That's crazy. I can't believe you run you run ultra marathons. You're used to that. Why would you accept it seems so strange. Does she just have like a kind of a breakdown? She has an excuse. She does have an excuse. Yes. Um, she says, I suck. No, she said, I would never purposely cheat, and this was not a target race, but I don't want to make excuses. According to Zashevsky, she became lost around the halfway point of the race, and her leg became sore, after which she accepted a ride in a friend's car to the next checkpoint. At the next checkpoint, she was persuaded to keep going and agreed to run in a, quote, non-competitive way, end quote, Zashevsky told the BBC. And in the disciplinary panel's report, she said she never intended to cheat and denied acting without integrity. Zashevsky is a doctor who has competed internationally for Scotland and Great Britain, and she is able to appeal the decision. They caught her because tracking data picked up irregularities in Zashevsky's time. The fact she accepted the trophy it's crazy. is the thing. That's yeah, the that's thing. Crazy. All you have to do is go like, no, 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 no. I got lost and yeah, this exactly. is for the next person behind me. Mm-hmm. She tried to get away with it, but the tracking data picked up irregularities in her time. And then she later admitted the massive error to accept the third place trophy, something she attributed to fatigue and jet lag having arrived from Australia the night before. Wow. I don't think so. No. How are they tracking those runners? They got something up their butts or what? They got something up their butts. They all have to have a butt uh, A butt thing? 
The, like, it looks like a little baby carrot. Yeah, yeah, it has an antenna out the side that swirls, and mm-hmm. um, they you your body digests it after the race. It's what do they really nice. do? It's friendly. like a little tag on your shoe or something. What do they put on you? It's on your bib, I think. Oh yeah, it's in the bib. I think you get we a bracelet or a bib. Well, no, we did. A, Kurt and I cheated on a race and got medals. <laughs> we did, um, but we got yeah. participation medals. We just yeah, walked but the entire time, and then we got bored. It was a 10K, and we got bored, and so we just took a nice walk in the park instead, and then we cut through a parking lot and a couple shortcuts, and then we ended up finishing in like the top 100 of the true runners, and everybody was cheering us on. It was great, but we were walking the whole time. We never were trying to fake anybody out. No, we just freestyled a little bit. Wow, congrats, you guys. That's huge. Thank you so much. It's a big, big deal. I need to know how long this lady was in the car for. Because I would That's be a, really pissed yeah. if someone mm-hmm. drove me like 20 meters somewhere and dropped me off. <laughs> just because, yeah. you know, and then she's disqualified. Respect she, sticking with meters. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely cheated. Like, again, just say, I mean, she went from one checkpoint to another 50-mile race. So let's say minimum 10? 10 minimum miles? Minimum 5? Yeah, minimum. It's a lot. She's cool. She hacked the race. And why not just wear wheelies? You know those shoes with the little wheels in them? You could be running, and then when no one's looking, you pop out the wheelies and you start to soar. And oh, that's yeah. smart. That's using your brain for good. Were you ever an athlete? Did you do sports as a youth? I did some cross-country running, and we had a teacher named Mr. Barnes in sixth grade who used to just run the hell out of us. It would be like a whole like one-hour gym thing, and he'd just go, like, go out into the city and run, and you will run the entire hour. Man, isn't it weird that adults used to be able to make us do stuff like that? If someone tried to get me to run an hour right now, I'd have a heart attack and die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you just got to look up where the closest hospital is and just run towards it. Just give yourself the best bet. Like, I don't know. He got within a mile. And it was like, it was elementary school. So we didn't have gym clothes to change into. I mean, that was in high school for, or middle school for us, it started that you brought gym clothes. But in elementary, it was like, we were just running around with our t-shirt and jeans. And you're just clothes? That's so funny. And is Edmonton... Is Edmonton, how big is Edmonton? It's one million people. Okay. And is it relative, like in that area, was it relatively safe or was it like go in the city? No, no, I think it was relatively safe. I just meant like go out into the world, like off school property and just like run as far away as you can (laughs) and then see if you can make it back. But it's so true. I went to a Catholic school where from kindergarten, eighth grade, we had to wear, you know, uniforms every day. And gym for us is you would put a penny on, which is like, you know, like a colored sort of top to differentiate the team. I know what it is. Even though I'm a woman, no, I wasn't <laughs> saying that. You're a woman, um, but it's—I mean, the word "penny." If I had to spell it, I know. How it, do you spell "penny"? It, it, I know. I don't know either. P i n i. But we would be running around in like khakis and a shirt and tie, playing dodge and kickball. They, they were just like these kids. Just they don't do shirts and, and skins at Catholic school. No, sadly. Was it all boys there, or were there girls too? There were girls too. We would and they do had shirts to wear... and skins at school. Yeah, it was all boys, though. Yeah, your teachers still need to be arrested. Give me yeah, their emails after, and I'll, I'll start cracking the case. I'll give the names <laughs> for the cops. Lock them up. Lock them all up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, shall I tease us into a break here? I would love that. I love this commercials is... and having fun. All right, here it is. Oh, I'm going to do this one. Be- oh, this is only because we were talking about the goats. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Satanic abortion clinic named after the mother of Supreme Court Justice Alito <laughs> is open in New Mexico. Uh, I love New Mexico. I love All New right. Mexico. We'll be right back with more. Bananas. Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout-outs? I have four beautiful shout-outs. Autumn Atonio wants to shout-out Alicia for quitting a stupid fucking class and taking care of her mental health. Autumn is so proud of you for doing what's right for you. Way to go, Alicia. You nailed it. Um, Jack's poll, I believe, Jacqueline, is shouting herself out for crushing the first day of her new job at Pole Sport Organization in Seattle, which I think is like a big convention, sounds like. Jacqueline met so many delightful folks and demolished all of her event goals. 
You know, I went to a bodybuilding expo once with Kurt. Was Sarah Tiana just on? Yes. Uh, I on love the, my kid. Yes. Well, Sarah was the correspondent. It was for this. It was for Whitney Cummings' show called "Love You Mean It," and I was a field producer, and Sarah was the talent. And we went to the bodybuilding expo at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and, and they it just was... crushed you like a little free weight, and they tossed <laughs> you around like dream one in each hand. Sarah <laughs> nice. and Scotty just being yeah benched. They were all everybody there was stronger than us by a lot, but there was lots of like pole exercise, lots of there was actual bodybuilding where they were doing like the the flexing and they were all greased up and we got our spray tanned. We did all the stuff you do. But at one point, Sarah, they had like a new training thing where they put a bungee cord around your waist and then you would run as far as you could and it would pull you back. That and sounds got, so fun. It does sound God fun. God bless her. She went so hard. It lifted her off her feet and threw her like <gasps> legs over. And that's how we ended the segment oh, because she got wrecked. And she was like, you know, like teary eyed, but like <gasps> was like, back to you, Whitney. <laughs> but it was, we should all go. go to, we should all go to more things at the convention center because it's just these subcultures of people that are obsessed and we don't know anything about it. I love it. it. Yes. Neat. Awesome. I'll text you guys for the next, uh, I don't know, <laughs> reptile show. <laughs> Jonathan Stainton wants to shout out Kurt for recommending Bluey, who he says uh, is the kindest, smartest, most entertaining show he's ever watched with his children. It's the best. I love Bluey. Have you ever seen Bluey, Lisa? Uh, I think I've seen like little clips of it on TikTok. My algorithm thinks I'm seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I got to check it out. <laughs> my, I think my algorithm thinks I'm a boat captain. <laughs> Are you getting a lot of nautical treasures lately? I get so much boat content. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, it's a lot of ocean out there. There is. Uh, it's a big, it's a big world. Big. <laughs> and Pedro Cosega wants to shout out his new venture. Oh, this is great. Uh, Sketchy Tune Customs. It's on Etsy. Sketchy Tune Customs. So I looked it up. He has lots of clothes. He has lots of swag. But the thing that I thought was the coolest was he has personalized art. So if you want like your family painted in a portrait as the Simpsons or Bob's Burgers or Star oh, Wars nice. or anything, oh, he'll put your face in. And it's very good. And it's cartoony. So it's like fun. It's not like a dead-on portrait. Um, but it is really excellent. Sketchy Tune Custom. So Pedro, go get – you know, if you don't know what to get that person in your life that you only love 50%. Get them painted like Bob from Bob's Burgers. Why not? Pedro, take care of it for you. Nice That's all work. I got. Thank you. And of course, we were here with the absolutely wonderful and fantastic Lisa Gilroy. Yeehaw. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having um, me, boys. Lisa, on IMDb, your trivia. Do you know what your trivia says? No, I'm scared. Don't tell me. Tell me. Because I looked this up, too. What is Lisa it? Lisa Gilroy, that is you, is featured... In an international 2017 Kia Soul commercial as a nurse who chases a hamster. <laughs> so yeah. I looked it up. And you really do just sprint through a hospital for one minute. <laughs> it's so true. We shot that in Toronto and it was five days of running at top speed. Really? Yeah. And it was like, I mean, it was cool because they, they were playing it at the time in the movie theaters, like as part of the yeah. trailers before movies. It was like such a cinematic shot. It is so funny because Lisa's a nurse. She comes in, she kind of spills like a tray of like specimen cups and stuff. And then this hamster has escaped from a baby nursery, up, you know, where there's other babies, but then a hamster. And then it really is Lisa leading a, a pack of doctors and nurses through a hospital, running around corners full speed for 45 seconds. So good for you. That, Thank congr- you. Why was the hamster in the hospital? What was the explanation? Uh, a- Kurt, you don't get it. <laughs> he hard. had to get into his Kia. It was a Kia Soul, Kurt. My God. Like, sometimes it's like, I feel like I have to spell things out for you guys. He was a baby <laughs> hamster. He didn't want to be in the hospital. He belongs in his Kia Soul. He jumps off the roof of the building and uses, like, a diaper as a parachute while Lisa looks scared as shit and then lands in a red Kia Soul that, that is speeds the, away. In the that is driver's seat, In the driver's seat and the passenger seat, have his, his adult-sized hamster parents driving. Ah, uh, oh, I see. They gave birth to him. They, right, they're giant hamsters. I think they clothes. just thought, oh, because the whole like slogan was born to run or something. So it was like okay. he was ready to go as soon as he was popped out. But it, it is also a commentary on, you know, the differences between animals and mm. humans and, and mm-hmm. birth rights. And, That's um, what they were trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. 
reproductive rights, all that stuff. (laughs) Key was supporting reproductive rights. And which brings us (laughs) to this story. Um, Here it is. This was in uh, (laughs) The Messenger News? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, sounds Christian, super. Christian alert. Mm-hmm. It does sound like Ten- Tanita Gaither. Tanita mm-hmm. Gaither wrote this. Oh, she's the best in the base. She's really good. She's really good. A satanic abortion clinic named after the mother of Supreme Court Justice Alito is open in New Mexico. <laughs> Here it is. Beautiful. Um. All right. I love this so much. The Satanist Temple has turned a classic Yo Mama joke into a fully functioning women's health clinic by naming it after the mother of a current Supreme Court justice. The Satanic Temple, announced who is so wonderful, uh, Mm -hmm. announced Mm -hmm. the launch of New Mexico's (laughs) Samuel Alito's mom's satanic (laughs) abortion clinic. Wow. In February 2023. In, quote, in 1950, Samuel Lido's mother did not have options, and look what happened, said Malcolm (laughs) Jerry, the co-founder of TST, in announcing the clinic. Yep. Prior to 1973, doctors who performed abortions could lose their licenses and go to jail. The clinic's name serves to remind people just how important it is to have the right to control one's body and the potential ramifications of losing that right. Yeah. Um, Ramifications sounds a little goat-like, doesn't it, Scotty? <laughs> <laughs> nice connection. Oh, thank you. We call him back. Um, the center is an accredited religious medical services arm that will provide telehealth screenings and appointments and Beautiful. prescribe abortion medication for its patients, it explained. TST says services include free online medical screenings and virtual appointments, discreet medicine delivery with a $95 pharmacy fee, a dedicated 24-7 patient help hotline, and follow-up checkups. It's clear Beautiful. why TST chose to subject the late Rose Ferdusco's Alito's who died in February 23, likeness to the facility. It was her son's majority opinion that go. was leaked and later confirmed the Supreme Court's decision mm-hmm. to overturn mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade as a ruling in Dobbs State Health Officer of the Mississippi Department of Health at Al versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. Uh, and yeah, he Lito is a POS, and I love this so much. It is. Do you guys, when you see somebody wearing scrubs, do you assume they're a doctor or do you assume they're like a vet tech? I always say, do you work in the medical facility, the medical industry? Field, be- right. Because if you say, like, are you a nurse? Then people would be like, why do you think I'm a nurse? Uh, yes, I am, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like uh, the doctor thing. Or it could be a vet. And then that you're just like, no. Or somebody, I never ask, because there's those like, I love scrubs. <laughs> well, they seem comfortable. They seem really comfortable. I do kind of just want to wear them. They are. I used to wear them. But you're right. They all wear the same costume kind of across the board dental hygienist, big, Mm -hmm. most best doctor, uh, any vet tech, all of them. You never know who's who. My favorite person who wears scrubs is the guy or gal who um, slurps the spit out of your mouth when you're dying at the dentist. This is the only person I care about in the entire world. They're the only person that cares about me. Yeah. Yeah. They're saving your life from the inside out. Yeah, when they're close, oh, what a great tool. Whoever invented that, the fact that that's not called that person, like it's not mm-hmm. like the Johnson suction or whatever, like, well, that wouldn't be Johnson great. Johnson But suction. something, similar, yeah, so that wouldn't be number one. But, you know. But did, have, you guys ever, have you guys ever been given it, like, to, to have and to hold during the procedure? Yes. Isn't uh-huh. that a yeah. thrill? Mm-hmm. Yes, my hygienist is great, and she just says close, and I just close my mouth, and then she says good every time. It's very funny. It's good, a strange interaction. That's it's like really funny. Close your mouth. Oh. Close. Good. good. Oh, she sounds. She sounds like pleasantly surprised that you were able to follow a simple instruction. Yeah, good. It's behind Target, it's behind the Target on Beverly. So who knows? But she lets me hold it. That um, that reminds me. I so I was at the, <laughs> I was with my four year old son at the farmers market. Uh, on Sunday, and I go to this one, you know, organic, uh, you know, guy, and he's always the same guy. And I buy some like strawberries from him every and, a, and an onion every week. God, you're such a little lady in a Hallmark movie, aren't you? <laughs> Thank Chris? you so much. <laughs> and I push my little son up there, and I buy, and then I forgot that I had this. I bought the stuff, and then I was like, oh, I have an onion still here that I forgot to give him. I was like, oh, sorry, I forgot I had this onion. And he said, <laughs> he said, uh oh. We got to keep an eye on you and as a joke. And then I thought it would be funny 
if I said, oh, like, no. you know, because that's a bad thing to be have to be kept an eye on. But I was like, I'll play mm-hmm. into it. I'll pretend mm-hmm. like it's a good thing. Yes, but I was, wasn't thinking, tired, you know, and I just went, uh, <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then i realized that what i had said and then but it was as i was getting my change and then i was Please. like oh uh, and then i i wanted to be like i didn't want to make that weird <laughs> i love my wife very much you should have told them the classic you were just tired your leg hurt you were jet lagged you came in from australia the night before and then get in yes. a car and drive away <laughs> god please well. do He's thinking about it, too. so aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, he knows what you like. One pound of strawberries and one large onion once a week for the man and his kidnapped boy. That's so funny. I want to start wearing scrubs. When I listened to that uh, uh, Dirty John, that podcast, and that guy would wear scrubs on dates, and I'm like, you evil bastard. That's Mm -hmm. so smart. Yeah, but wait, Scotty, do not take notes from him. He ended up, like, embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars out of these poor women yes and then trying to kill them i know (laughs) i get it he's not number one but uh no we got to bring back scrubs for the good folks is all i'm saying also it just seems so comfortable and and they sell them to the general public which feels like it should be illegal yes exactly you should not be able to get them that's right uniform stores every town has a uniform store and they're very interesting places Mm -hmm. i pass them sometimes in la and i'm like yeah that's cool let's go in there and be construction guy for a day they wouldn't believe it well Uh, also a coffee shop that i love so much is selling the t-shirts that the employees wear that says the name of the coffee shop on it and so then i was at the front buying my coffee and i saw the t-shirts were there and i was like oh what if i bought one of these t-shirts and i came back tomorrow and you guys thought i worked here and i just started helping myself to the coffee yeah like, mm-hmm. you, who's going to have the balls to stop me? I look like you guys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you said, hey, I mean, you're a good improviser. If you created a name and said it was your first day, I bet you could get through an eight-hour shift. Yeah, I'm Lucy Junie, the coffee. Lucy I Junie. I can't do it. <laughs> Lucy Junie. I can't do it. Yeah, mother of three. And Lucy Junie just needs the paycheck, okay? <laughs> she can make it. I am Lucy Junie, but you can call me Tiny. I'm getting in the back here to get some coffee. (laughs) And please keep an eye on me. (laughs) Please do. Oh, man. See, I think you should do this now. Um, Anita, Anita, Anita underscore sent this in. Thank you, Anita, Anita, Anita. Um, This was from Alex Cook on MSN.com. Best in the biz. Um, A Canadian story for you, Lisa. Thank you. One man. One man. Two cop cars. Two two cop cop cars. cars, And five pounds of potato salad. Uh, How a Halifax legend was born. Yes. It all started with a poster. Come watch me eat five pounds of potato salad, it declared, inviting people to watch a Halifax man eat the boiled potato dish at the Holy Cross Cemetery in Halifax on a Saturday night. I know it. I've been You know the story. I know know at the Halifax uh, Cemetery. Uh, I know potato salad. (laughs) Why are every story you've read so far is like distinctly good or evil? It's either at the Holy Cross Cemetery, the Satan's abortion clinic. Yeah. We dabble with the light and the dark. There's a war waging for our souls, brothers. Uh, This is my first attempt at such a challenge, the poster added, requesting that spectators please bring their own seating and their own potato salad, if you so please. Some posted a picture of the poster to social media, and that's when things kind of snowballed and turned into an avalanche for Riley Mary. Not... Lucy Junie. Great fake name. <laughs> like Lucy Junie and Riley Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. It's the original Dave and Busters. Uh, Mary now known in his community as Potato Salad Guy, is something of a Halifax legend. His antics on Saturday, November 19th, drew a healthy crowd to watch him devour a large tub of potato salad from Costco, despite the pouring rain. So he did it even the rain. Yeah. Oh, probably made it easier. Cheater, it slipped right down his throat. That's right. (laughs) Um, He said he decided to do the challenge when he realized he had a tub of potato salad that was about to go bad. (laughs) Great reason. (laughs) A fantastic reason. Also, 
So you didn't eat any of the five pounds of it in between when you bought it and the expiration? There wasn't one meal, one plateful? Yeah, you bought five pounds. What was your plan? What was your plan, bro? Uh, I realized it was going to expire. I didn't have to <laughs> time to reasonably eat it, so I looked at it, saw the expiry date, and said, that's a challenge I can do, he told Global News Morning. Mary printed 20 posters, keeping one for himself, and put up the rest, and he made a Snapchat video advertising the challenge. Things went viral from there. I kind of went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, people were like, is this real? He said. So I committed to the bit. I mean, good for you, Riley yeah. Mary. Mary. Um, leading up to the challenge, he trained for a few days, which involved a lot of Costco hot dogs and a lot of two liters of pop. Saturday evening, Mary intended to eat the salad at the gravesite of the former Canadian Prime Minister, Sir John Thompson. Oh, my God. I mean, this guy really yeah. pulled out all the stops. <clears throat> This is what should go viral on the internet. Exactly. Um, but police arrived and tried to prevent from him from entering the cemetery. I won't lie. If I had a family member who was buried next to the prime minister, I probably wouldn't want a guy puking potato salad on them, Mary said. I can see why they closed it. The police weren't a problem. <laughs> it was a good time altogether. They made the pictures look better. Photographer Nor Morez captured some images of Mary struggling to get through a tub, the tub of potato salad, rainwater running down his face, and he was illuminated from the headlights from the two police cars. Yes. He did it at night. So he, it's poetry. Yeah, it is strange to do it at night. <laughs> when do you eat potato salad? That's a, I only eat it after sundown. But also, wait, so they way. wouldn't let him into the cemetery. So then yes. everyone gathered outside the cemetery. Correct. Okay, great. And Morez said when he saw one of Mary's posters, he knew the event needed to be documented. My friends were like, man, you're not seriously dragging me out to this. It's raining. And I said, no, no, we're going. I brought my camera. I risked breaking it in the rain, but it was pretty worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like medium enthusiastic It is. They are. This. They're just kind of interested. Uh, Morez was surprised by the crowd that turned up, which began with a couple dozen people, but grew in size as the event went on. Many were wielding umbrellas as the rain continued to beat down. I mean... I love this. I, this is a great story. <laughs> it's awfully Alex romantic. Cook, it is. It's gorgeous. It's uh, probably it's, more people than came to my Halifax Pop Festival show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you were five pounds short of potato salad. <laughs> Um, they performed God. pop music in Halifax. They, it's a pop music festival, and they have at two comedians exactly. And they were supposed to be me and Wyatt Snack, and then Wyatt Snack canceled. Mm. And then it was me and Emma Wilman, and mm. it was not a full crowd. And you do music oh, or you do stand up? I do stand up. I meant at the festival, like what they ask you to do. Sometimes they're like, oh, it would be funny if the comedians did music. Oh, too. no, no, no. They just have to. Just two comedy acts, and no one knows about them. <laughs> Kurt, did you think that I thought you were a pop star just I now? No, I was. Because I was like, wait, you do music? <laughs> no, 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 stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do stand up. Please do. <laughs> Please do. But you could have a hit song we don't know about. That's fine. I actually That's do exciting. have a hit song. I do have a yeah. hit song. Thank you. It's called Kristen Shaw's a Horse. That's oh, right. That's it's right. Of course. It's a very good song. Um, it's catchy. It was raining like crazy, but people were so enthusiastic. We were cheering him on. It was just so high energy. Just the idea of what was going on was so funny, but it was such a nice little community building thing in the end. Mary believes that so many people became interested in the challenge because it was something funny and positive during an otherwise difficult time. Quote, we're kind of in a bit of a pressure cooker right now. Things in the world, they're not great, he said. If people want to gather around something positive, bring the whole city together, I'm going to be the guy. <laughs> I'm going to be the potato salad guy. And that's what's going to happen. I love so that. be it. I wish also that there was some Halifax-specific problem where they're like, the lobsters aren't cooperating. Like there was some right. other like thing that they were just you know suffering from, not just yes. the general uh, global malaise. 
That's right. <laughs> this guy's international. It was fun. It was a nice break from all the serious things. And another positive came out of this too. Artist Shannon Dawn immortalized the event in oil canvas. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good event. It's just, it's so good when people take a small thing to the yes. biggest, the extreme. It's excellent. Um, Mary said that he and Don are in the very, 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 very early stages of organizing some kind of charity event or auction to sell the prints nice. and maybe the canvas itself. Neither of us want any funds from this. This was completely created out of humor. That's humor with a U. Out of good humor, we're going to try and help some people out here. Um, in the end, here's what the detail we've all been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, please, dying to know. Mary wasn't able to make it through the entire <laughs> five pounds of potato salad. It makes but- <laughs> it better. It makes it better. But he did get through 3.8 pounds, or wow. if you're Canadian, 1.7 kilograms, wow. despite no, a stomachache. You do? Yes. Yep. Shocker. Ooh, that is. Shocking okay. update. Despite a stomachache, he said it was a really good weekend, and he looks forward to facing off with another tub of potato salad sometime in the future. I can't let myself go down like that, he said, but there will be a round two. Okay, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is my privilege talking, but how Hmm? can you not eat five pounds of potato salad? Like, what do you mean you couldn't do it? Just put it in your mouth. Just keep going. Like, barf (laughs) it up and keep going. Yeah, Viking that shit. Like, do what you said what you came here to do. I agree. But how, no time big limit. Is, how big is five pounds of potato salad it's anyways? A lot. It doesn't, in my mind, feel, I feel like a normal serving of potato salad is one pound. I had, I'll tell you this, I had a four <laughs> and a half pound chicken for Thanksgiving and Great. it fed five people. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's a chicken. We're weighing mm-hmm. bones, that's brain, protein. dick, feet, all of that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so that means the, the meat was probably like only three pounds. And it was no way, no way a single person could eat that by themselves, I feel Interesting. Like. But you guys know what I mean. Like, it, it yeah. feels like you could barf up potato salad. It wouldn't be so bad. It's like there are worse things to barf up. Nice and cold. It was basically just a cloud. You, you already have a bucket. What, I think at that point, people would start leaving. If oh. you started to binge and purge, people would start to leave. <laughs> but oh, so I'm you think it ruins the fun if he throws up? He's like already failed. Yeah, because they can't do that at the Coney Island uh, hot dog eating contest. Crazy Legs isn't sitting there vomiting into a bucket. Right, you're right. Okay, that does make it less fun. But can't you just shove a bunch in your cheeks and say you did it? (laughs) I agree. He got to 3.8, so he got over the hump. He was heading, he was on the straightaway. Couldn't he have stood up and walked around a little bit? Maybe. Well, speaking of standing up and walking around, can I ask you guys a really gross question? And sure, feel free to cut it from the pot if it's too disgusting. But suddenly, I'm scientifically curious. Yeah. If he mm-hmm. was packed to the brim and he was like, I can't have another bite of this potato salad, I'll throw up and the challenge will be ruined. Could he put it up his butt? Fine with me. Yeah, but like, could he, you think? Or yeah. is he, or, or when you're that full, are you like full? <laughs> oh, I mean, I think you could. I think it would just be physically difficult to get it up your butt. Well, uh, somebody brought like a salad. big sort of syringe or something and put it in a blender. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if you know what potato salad is. <laughs> you think you can put it in a syringe <laughs> and it jacked up somebody's butt. I don't know what potatoes are. I don't know what pounds are. And I don't know what eating is. All right. And you guys knew that when when I came on the on the pod. I sent you my bio ahead of time. You did. It was <laughs> copy and pasted little clips of magazines. It was very disturbing. Um, you could easily fit five pounds of potato salad up a butt. But all he would what? have needed to fit was to do one point two. Yeah, yeah. Sure, one point two pounds. Effortlessly. Sure, I'm, saying, I'm not saying it couldn't fit up there. I'm just saying getting it up your butt would be difficult. Not if you brought the right tools and you thought ahead, which this guy didn't, and he disappointed an entire crowd. <laughs> I mean, they had umbrellas. I mean, an umbrella seems like a pretty good upper. You know, you get it right there, and then you open the umbrella. There's half a pound. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I would have. I mean, I would have applauded him for that because I would be like, "Well, technically, he didn't eat all of it, but it is all in his body now, and I'm satisfied yeah. by that." Um, also, it does leave it open for him to come back and redeem and, himself. Exactly. And so, like, if we hear about this ahead of time, for any of our Halifax bananimals, if you hear this is happening, let me know. Please let with, us know. With 72-hour window, I'm flying up there. Hell yeah! I got to see and this. That is a banana's promise from That's Scott. a banana's promise. That is. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. Plug something for us, will you? Oh, Where can they find you? Sure. You can find me at the Lisa Gilroy on all the platforms. And 
And uh, I have a podcast coming out with Ike Barinholtz and Neil Casey in January called The Chris Chapman Do-Over. Amy Poehler is producing it and she's a cool. guest on it. Nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, wonderful. That's going to be so exciting to listen to. Well, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks for having me, Bananas. Come back anytime. Bananas! Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.